Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York Jets are a mess. That's not breaking news. But boy... Does it seem to get worse with every single week that passes? Be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You can give us a call. You can join the conversation. Your thoughts on the New York Jets. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. No Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Courtney Cronin, kind enough to fill that spot. Amber and Ian presented, of course, by progressive and so the new york jets are a mess my household courtney tonight a bit of a mess as well uh there may or may not be at some point while we're on air tonight an appearance from a four-year-old and if there is i apologize in advance because i am over here doing the show from home juggling quite a bit in my life and you're in the middle of potty training it sounds like is that right well i shouldn't be because he's four but But, i've learned mature fast Mm. mature much slower than girls including potty training i'm not a parent but i know a few things is that not accurate boys boys don't seem to have the problem sitting in their own filth the same way that girls do so in my experience are a little slower to come around on the whole potty training thing so yes we still have some complications in my house now he makes it he makes it to the potty but it's 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 a process so you and i were in a pre-show meeting with our producer james and our ap tonight alan yates and we're discussing very professional things and i had to run off at one point and I come back and you guys couldn't even build the show's rundown tonight because I was gone for so long and James like where were you and I'm like well not unlike the New York Jets we had a bit of a situation that involves the toilet you know it's a perfect segue it made for great content and honestly I think we need these things to keep happening I want your household to stay afloat while you're on radio for the next three hours but if we do have a couple interruptions here or there all in the name of the plot right isn't that what yes. Gen Z is all about do it for the plot we're doing it for the plot here on Amber and Ian <laughs> doing it for the plot here on Amber and Ian uh, so there there you go <laughs> Off to a roaring start. Very, very well done. Uh, yes. Number two, I kind of like the situation for the New York Jets as well, because this quarterback situation all year long has been a mess since, of course, they lost Aaron Rodgers. They go to Tim Boyle. They released Tim Boyle today. They're going back to Zach Wilson. There was reports from The Athletic that Zach Wilson didn't even want them to come back to him. And at this point, Courtney, I'm not sure that I completely blame Zach Wilson if, in fact, that's the truth. It's He's in a tough situation, and I know no one wants to hear Zach Wilson being given any credence given the mess that he's a part of, but also that he's perpetuated because he's not a very good quarterback. And we know the regret, the buyer's remorse for making this guy the number two overall pick in the 2021 draft. But that's the situation the Jets are in trying to figure this thing out. They never plan to go back to him. 
It took a 13-8 loss to the Falcons, the NFC South leading Falcons right now, which is a wild thing to say, but that's the situation we're in. It took that loss for the Jets to reevaluate and say, hmm, Tim Boyle, not the answer. Trevor Simeon, not the answer. Uh, I guess we can go get Brett Rippon off of Seattle's practice squad, but they need somebody who knows the offense. The only other person who's there right now available to do that, who can actually play, who's not recovering from an Achilles tear, who may or may not be trying to practice, is Zach Wilson. And he's thinking about his future because at this point, he's thinking he's not going to be in New York Jet much longer. He's probably right about that. So the idea within this reporting that came out from The Athletic that he wants to prevent against injury because he's probably on a different team, probably gets the clean slate that he so desperately needs next year, is not something you can blame him for. But the way that this came across is that somebody who's been given opportunity after opportunity to prove that he's worth his salt has failed to do so and now apparently wants nothing to do with the opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you can understand why there's been so much outrage about it. And then, of course, sprinkling in the layer of Aaron Rodgers getting involved. And I was on air with Chris Carlin yesterday afternoon, and he had the perfect way to sum this up, that Rodgers' quote-to-play ratio this year for an injured player is just outstanding because he keeps stepping in it. He keeps having to have an opinion just about everything. And on this situation and what he said on the Pat McAfee show, Rogers not at all happy with the news that has come out and the reports that have come out about Zach Wilson and his want-to right now as far as being a Jets quarterback. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers called it an assassination attempt of Zach Wilson's character. Here's that sound. When you use sources and whether intentional or unintentional, try to assassinate someone's character like that report does for Zach, I have a a real hard time with that. I can understand why that he's coming out to bat for his guy there and Zach Wilson. He's doing the teammate thing. He's been portraying himself as the ultimate teammate all season long. And frankly, he said some nice things about Zach Wilson. I don't actually have a problem. I'm, I'm one who's incredibly critical of Aaron Rodgers and, and typically his need to be in the spotlight. I don't have a problem with this component of it because, yes, come out and you should publicly support Zach Wilson. Frankly, no matter what you think privately, that's doing the right thing is coming out, saying all the right things, trying to support the young guy that the Jets are now trying to go back to because you're injured. However, if you really wanted to support him, how about you don't be parading alongside of him all season long? How about when you have surgery that is going to keep you out for the season, you stop pretending like you're going to do something right, miraculous, and come back during this season where when Zach Wilson is warming up on the sidelines for games that he actually has to play in and not just to win games for the New York Jets, but he's quite literally playing for his career as a former number two overall pick. How about you're not out there also throwing balls on the sidelines for absolutely no reason whatsoever other than to be in the spotlight, other than to just show us that in some weird way you're defying expectations. Who cares if you're defying expectations? Like you could be rehabbing behind the scenes. We don't need to be parading alongside the guy who you're trying to say the things to boost up his confidence, but you're not actually doing the, the, the things to boost up his confidence, nor has that coaching staff in New York 
all season long. How could Zach Wilson at this point, Courtney, have any semblance of confidence in himself? He knows he's been obviously not playing the best either. Okay. That doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, but I'm also just talking about that confidence, that innate confidence that every professional athlete has in order to get to that level. I don't know how he has any of it left. Thank goodness. He seems like a pretty, you know, a cocky, confident dude, young dude, because he needs every ounce of it at this point. They have all tried to rip him down. The coaching staff there has also tried to rip him down by toggling back and forth with Mike White and toggling back and forth with Tim Boyle and Holy goodness, if they toggle back and forth now with Brett Rippon. But I could see that happening in New York. And then I don't think, frankly, Aaron Rodgers has helped matters either with this parade that he's been doing, pretending like he's going to come back and unseat Zach again when he clearly isn't. And the whole idea that this is a character assassination, the reports that came out from The Athletic, like the... The thing that bothers me is that Aaron Rodgers is acting like this is the reason that Zach Wilson has been struggling. This is the reason why he's failed. When you can point to all of those things you just mentioned, back to the time where he gets benched because he's asked about you know the defense, and he says, like, well, no, that's not on me. And then the Mike White situation happens. Then everything happens in the offseason. If, if they feel like these reports are what set him up for failure, I'm sorry. You can rewind a calendar year and see that this thing was going in the wrong direction direction very quickly and that Zach Wilson didn't have a chance. I don't know how he can have any confidence going out there to play though, considering the last time we saw him play in that 32 to 6 loss against the Buffalo Bills, he looked terrible. He completed 46% of his passes, threw an interception, threw a touchdown, was averaging, you know, 5 yards an attempt, so basically trying to dink and dunk his way just to get out of the game. He's not a good quarterback, but he's now in a situation where if he said no, like if you know the reports of him leaning with the hesitancy of, I don't know if I want to play, I don't want to put myself at injury risk, what if he actually said no? What if he actually was like, nah, I'm good? At that point, you'd have to be like, all right, we have to cut our losses, not necessarily cutting him, but sending him away, just banishing him. You can't be around this team because you are a bad influence, a bad impact on this team. I think they're already there because the fact that this guy was reportedly waffling on whether he wanted to play this week or not, how can you have any confidence if you are a player that's sharing the field with him or him even being out there that he's going to be able to do anything when the Houston Texans come to town? They're going to move on from him anyways after this season. So that's probably what Zach Wilson is thinking. And frankly, you were already the number two overall pick. Everyone's seen how terribly it's gone in terms of the way that the New York Jets have handled Zach Wilson over the last couple seasons. And so somebody's going to give him an opportunity, even if it's as a backup. That's just how it works when you're drafted that high anyways and you're young in the National Football League. He's going to get some chance somewhere else at some point, regardless of how he behaves right now, frankly. And so if I'm Zach Wilson and I'm this frustrated, which I would be any of us would be the way that they've handled it I don't know if he's a good quarterback but I can tell you that he ain't in a position with New York Jets to be a good quarterback if he's ever going to become a good quarterback there's no chance that he could do it there with the lack of confidence that he must have in himself even after the toggling back and forth and people were wearing t-shirts under their jerseys right begging for another guy like these were the things that were happening within that organization and I think frankly that falls on the coaching staff for allowing all of this and then you expect him to be the savior at the end of the season I'd kind of want to throw up a middle finger gesture as well to the Jets if I was Zach Wilson coming up next the Bears aren't good but they sure are interesting. Courtney Cronin, she covers them for us here at ESPN. We will get into the situation in Chicago. That's next.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. So, you know, I am single momming tonight while I am live on a national radio show doing the show from home. And so my four-year-old, I got them all set up, Courtney. But before the show, I decided as part of the setup that I was going to bake cookies But I didn't really time things very well. And so the cookies were done baking like right before we went on air. Like when I mean right before, I mean it was like 60 seconds before we went on air that I'm like laying out the cookies to run back in here. So I didn't want him to touch a hot pan and he's wanting to decorate. He's wanting to put sprinkles on the cookies. And I'm like, no, no, no. Can't just leave hot pan and child unattended and go do radio show. So I I get the cookies. I I put them on a plate and then I, I tell him like he has to wait to put sprinkles on the cookies and, and I leave. <laughs> To go do the last segment with you. So what did you walk back into? You can't just like bury the lead like that. Is there frosting all over the wall? So that's why when we went to break, I was like, oh God. And I just ran she out. Ran. Yeah. I ran as quickly as I could because that whole conversation we just had was really interesting about Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. If you missed it, check out the podcast. But the entire time in the back of my head, I'm thinking I am going to go back to a situation that is going to be an ugly one for me. <laughs> okay, just a silver minutes. lining here, though. What would we rather have on the walls, considering how we started the show talking about, you know, we're in the midst of potty training. Yes. We could have either had that or frosting. Yeah. At least frosting is, um, there's no antibacterials needed to remove That's that true. on Number two. <laughs> So what, uh, that was that was how the New York Jets have handled the Zach Wilson situation and my son before the what, show, James. What is the over-under on the amount of cookies he's going to eat when you're not in the so room? So that was the other thing. So we this kid. One, so Yates and I can bet on it. I have to brag for a moment, though. This golden angel child of mine. So I just go back out there on a break, and he perfectly has the six cookies that I had put on a plate for him to decorate in front of him with sprinkles on the cookies, just sprinkles, and he just wanted to show them to me, and he had only taken one bite because he was waiting for me to come see his work. 
So we had basically really prepared really for the is. demise of your son here. This is kind of like how the Jets handled the situation in mm-hmm. many ways with Zach Wilson. We were thinking it was going to be so terrible, yet he surprised you in that. Maybe this is what's going to happen this Sunday when Zach Wilson takes the reins back of this offense. I believe it's his first game since like week 10 since he was benched for Timmy B. Um, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of parallels I see here, though, but You've- my money's on your four-year-old. For you've coming got through in this one. Yeah, you've got to let the the cute little blonde boy <laughs> go out there and prove himself and that's what I let my son do. <laughs> he went out there, he proved himself at least so far cuz the cookies are still in front of him and we only had a 3 minute break, so I then instructed him he can have one and as I was running back into my office, he said three and I said one. What a negotiator. So we will see how many cookies are left. I can see how he could hear three whenever you said that. When a you say one, very it's simple confusing. mistake. Yeah, easy mistake to make. Easy mistake also to make might be thinking that Justin Fields is the future in Chicago. That has been a confusing situation that you've been covering in Chicago, frankly, over the last couple of years here, Courtney. But this season, it remains confusing. The Bears are a bad team. And yet, once again, we find ourselves headed towards an end of a season. And frankly, I don't really know how they feel about Justin Fields. I don't know how anybody feels about Matt Eberflus or even Ryan Poles. I don't know if all three of those names that I just mentioned are going to be gone at the end of this season. You cover this team a lot more closely than I can follow it. What say you? Well, you're right about the not knowing element because it does feel in a lot of respects clear as day. Number one draft pick that they're sitting on right now from Carolina, thanks in part to their very bad record this year, which helps the Bears because they got that draft pick by trading the number one pick last year. I think they're drafting fifth currently, so two picks in the top five, a quarterback draft class that is supposed to be out of this world, a team that has seven wins in the last two seasons. You think all of the pieces align for another quick switch where after two years of this staff, thanks, but no thanks, we're moving on, we're getting the quarterback, the new staff is going to pick, we're getting a new head coach, we already have a new team president and CEO, a new stadium eventually, things are going in a different trajectory. It all looks like that, but so many things along the way have complicated matters. Justin Fields playing the way he has and the glimmers of hope that he continues to give this team where he'll give you three and a half good quarters against Detroit, and then the team will fall apart at the end. Well, you still got those three, three and a half quarters to sort through. Same thing with the Minnesota game last week. He fumbled twice, but hey, he led that game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. They may not have scored a touchdown, but they still won that game. Their first division win in two years by beating the Minnesota Vikings. There's all of these things that make this decision so much more difficult than people realize. It looks so cut and dry. Oh, man, Justin Fields has won seven games as as a starter in three seasons. He's not the answer. Yet you think about the circumstances and all of the nuance that goes into that. That's why we're sitting here with five weeks left, and the conversation came up today with Justin Fields. When we were talking with him this afternoon about – The evaluation and how much stock is not just put on his final five games, but the fact that all of these other things that are completely out of his control factor into what the Bears are going to do next year. I had a hard time thinking back to, like, who has been in this situation before that, of course, like Josh Rosen – 3-10 3-10 and 10 season, his first year with the Arizona Cardinals. They go draft Kyler Murray the next year with the number one overall pick. They move on. 
very quickly. But I can't think of another situation that felt like Fields where there was still so much hope being held out for the final X number of games of the season where it wasn't, man, an easy decision, they've got to move on, or, hmm, I don't know, maybe if you see X, Y, and Z, the best option will be to build around him towards the, you know, towards 2024. It's it's more complicated than people think, and it's the most polarizing conversation because you have all of the Justin Fields supporters and all of the Justin Fields haters. There is not much gray area between those two groups. Yeah, the Rosen situation in Arizona, they immediately righted their wrongs, right, by going in the Kyler Murray direction. You don't often see it, though, where – it's so it's good. Like at moments, it's so good. Like, right. It's good. Right. Like there is the talent there. Nobody really questions that there's some talent there, but they question whether he should be the face of the franchise moving forward or just also whether he's the fit with Eberflus and if Eberflus is going to be the fit. And it's a very confusing situation because it's also not so bad. It's not so cut and dry. It's not Josh Rosen, right? It's not where we see it immediately. It's like, all right, this, this isn't going to work. We have to try to move on. It reminds me if you're looking for something to liken it to, it reminds me from the Dolphins fan perspective of the Ryan Tannehill experience for so many years down there. Because for so many years in Miami covering that team, we were like, is he good? Like at the end of every season, it was like, is he? But he wasn't bad enough where we knew. And he wasn't good enough where we knew. We just kind of didn't know. And by the way, it was an indication of what he ended up being. Now, Ryan Tannehill overall has had a heck of an NFL career. Anybody who can be in the NFL for that long as a starting quarterback, it's a hell of a career by any standards, and he has had it. He ain't Patrick Mahomes, right? But he's also not the worst quarterback in the league by any means. He's somewhere in the middle, and that's sort of what it was like, the experience in Miami, looking back on it for those seven years. Justin Fields, though, is in a more complicated situation because of the draft picks hanging over his head as well. So his future then becomes more uncertain because they're going to have the number one overall pick and another first rounder on top of it and all of that going into his evaluation fair or not that's life that's a situation that he finds himself in and I thought it was really interesting the way that he talked about it today for the first time he said quote if I'm here next year if I'm not football doesn't define who I am as a person now he invoked a lot of different things but that was the part that really stood out to me because we've never heard him even give thought to if I'm here or not next year. So either way, his NFL he acknowledged future, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we will have a Super Bowl champion weigh in on all things NFL. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
The New York Jets do not have a starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Texans. The team is leaning towards Wilson, but he is reluctant to play because of injury risk. I know that he wants the ball. I know he's competitive as heck. And I know if he is the guy for Sunday, he'll go compete his tail off. When that coach said, hey, you up again, you say, coach, thanks. And now you're going to tell me you can go back in there, but I don't want to. Why you don't want to go back in there? You are auditioned for a job, and you probably will not be the quarterback next year in New York. Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback. Back here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. There are a lot of storylines across the NFL to unpack. And another day, a lot of questions about the way that the New York Jets are handling business. But before I get to the Jets or any of the teams in New York, let me bring in some help with the conversation. Brandon Jacobs, Super Bowl champion, host of Primetime Sundays on ESPN Radio. And Brandon, thanks so much for your time. I'm going to get to the message of the Jets in a second. I'm tired, frankly, of talking about Zach Wilson. So let's take a hiatus for just a <laughs> moment. I want to start instead with the news that we got today about Mike McCarthy for the Dallas Cowboys. McCarthy, he apparently had an appendectomy today. He was diagnosed with appendicitis. He had surgery today. He's going to be okay. He's going to coach in the game this weekend against the Eagles. But obviously, that is a huge matchup for Dallas as they are fighting for that division. How much do you think that affects things? Like, if your head coach isn't there for a couple days during the week as you lead up to a big one, how does that matter in a locker room? Well, you know, I would say, you know, in a situation like that where you know, just depending on when the news came by, you know, this has been out, you know, that, you know, so the guys are aware that he could possibly be there or not be there. I don't think it'll weigh, you know, I don't think it'll be that much of a burden on the team because what they're fighting for, you know, take, you know, just taking over the division one and looking forward to uh, being up higher in the conference as well. So this game means a lot. I'm not sure, uh, you know, it'll have that much of a burden on it. Um, you know, I mean, Coach McCarthy is a great coach. He's been, you know, a great coach, you know, the whole time I've known him, you know, when he was at Green Bay and, you know, faced him a few times there. So, I mean, I think Dallas Cowboys would be ready to play because what's at stake for them. And and I'm, and I'm not sure that they would, you know, have too much, uh, you know, bottle up emotion over the situation, you know, especially because he's okay. Yeah, the game plan is the game plan either way. He is okay. Brandon Jacobs joining us here on Amber and Ian. So that was some of the big news this week out of the NFL. The other big news was that the New York Jets are going back to Zach Wilson. How have you felt about the way that the Jets have handled everything with Zach Wilson this season? What are they doing? I have no idea what the Jets are doing. I don't know what their fix is for this year. I guess they're probably just going to let it go. Um, You know, guys spent some time walking back and forth to the bench trying to figure out what to do, who who to put in. You know, these guys, I mean, I, I don't know. The Jets in a bad situation. I don't think they thought it through. You know, they drafted this guy first round uh, some years ago and then turn around, you bring in Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers goes down at the four plays. Now you have to go back to a guy that you already said you didn't believe in, you know, that already had the turmoil, you know, like inside of the team for the comments he made last year. You know, so I don't know if anybody can trust Zach. I don't know. I mean, I wrote with Zach for a long time because he was first-round talent, and the Jets brought him in. And I thought after Aaron Rodgers went down at that, that he would be, you know, be able to step in and help them, especially after the, you know, that first Buffalo game, you know, the first game of the year. So I thought he'd be okay. Uh, I just, you know, the, the offensive line has been wounded. I think those guys are back now. 
I'm not sure really what the Jets got to do. You know, I guess just I just think it's bad ball, you know, all in New York, all, like all over now. So <laughs> I hope it gets better here soon. Yeah, I mean, bad might be an understatement. It has been a cluster this season. I'm an incredibly negative of the way that they've handled things with Zach, things with Zach Wilson. Now they release Tim Boyle. They sign Brett Rippian. I mean, goodness, Allah, please don't start, start, start starting Brett Rippian. Like, I could totally see them doing that. Where they go to yeah, Ripia oh, now, rebench you know, Wilson. Oh, goodness. I, if you just inserted Aaron Rodgers, though, into this team as it currently stands, and maybe they'll make some moves this offseason, it doesn't seem like we're going to see Rodgers this season, Brandon. But it's hard for me to believe that you just slot Rodgers in here and that this is a Super Bowl contending team with how bad they've looked offensively this season. They, look, they, they have looked horrible. But their defense playing among the best in the league. Their defense is one of the better defenses in the whole NFL total. I mean, like they play lights out. And the only reason why the offense is ever in games, you know, because people don't score many points on the Jets. You know, they, you know, when they lose, they're losing a, a you know, a low scoring game, fourteen to ten. You know, stuff like that. You know, they're not exactly giving up a whole bunch of points, but offensively, they they have looked really bad. And, and you know, again. They spent the whole, you know, a, a majority part of the year with the quarterback running for his life, you know, and, and and that's what I was saying like earlier with Aaron Rodgers being as old, you know, being old as he is, you know, hey, coming back from an injury and he, you know his mobility, you know, is is is, is at stake, and, and with, with the offensive line playing the way that they were playing and and running around behind that line, I just don't think that that would be a good idea for him to turn around and come back, is because he don't make them a Super Bowl contender team, not right now, so much tomorrow. So much has went on. I just they need to, you know, have a drink of water, sit down, and marinate for a year and come back. Yeah, marinate and figure out how to fix that O line uh, before Aaron Rodgers, a forty year old Aaron Rodgers, is standing behind it. Brandon Jacobs joining us here on Amber and Ian on the other side of the spectrum. Let's talk about the San Francisco Forty ers Are they the best team in the NFL right now? I mean, to me, yeah, they're no, they're, they're no doubtably the best, the best team in the NFL. They went fairly. They I mean they 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 dominated the Eagles at all costs at home, which is really hard to do. You know they you know they walked in and they dominated them the whole football game. There were never any change of momentum at any point throughout the game. I think they had all four quarters locked up. They looked great against the Eagles and they looked pretty dangerous. And they looked to be coming into their own uh, toward you know like like chopping down toward the end of the season. I know they had a situation where they lost three straight games and we didn't know about them. At the, you know then they just took off with it once again. And, and here go the Forty Nineers, all you know you know. Barking up the tree once again, so I, yeah, I think they, I, I think that dominating win they had over the Eagles last week that definitely solidified them to be the best team in the NFL. Brandon, in the era that you cannot breathe on a quarterback, somehow we have backup quarterbacks now for the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, the Jags. That's just some of the teams in the AFC, but those are the teams fighting right now to try to make a postseason. Who is best equipped out of those four teams without their starting quarterback to survive it? Well, I I would say the Cincinnati Bengals. If they can make a push in their division, you know, we're seeing, I think they're sitting at last now uh, with Baltimore leading. Uh, Cleveland's looking good. I think, you know, I think Pittsburgh in a good play. They will have to keep winning. The uh, backup quarter, you know, looked great, you know, out the other night. Uh, I think he had about 300 and something yards, uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, I think he played great. I, I don't know, 
you know, Trevor Lawrence in this situation with the Jags, if he's going to be able to make it back or not, I'm not sure how bad his injury is, but they didn't look good at all after he got after he left the game. So, though, you know, that's I think the Cincinnati Bengals if they can make a push, you know, to to try to win the next three three or four games, uh, I think they'll be in good, you know, in a contention to be able to get a good wild card spot to be able to move on to the playoffs, but. Um, Jacksonville, right now, they were sitting at the top of their division. I'm just not sure how that's going to continue to be with no Trevor Lawrence there. Yeah, apparently Trevor Lawrence, a high ankle sprain. So at some point, he probably will be likely to return. Super Bowl champ Brandon Jacobs joining us here on Amber and Ian. What do you make of that, though? Just kind of the health of the starting quarterback. I mean, we saw the Colts lose their starter earlier in the season. The Raiders have had issues with health. The Vikings, of course, if we go over to the NFC, lost their starter. I mean, you can't breathe on these guys. And yet the quarterbacks this season still seem to be dropping like flies. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I was thinking about that too. You know, you got so many teams that's done, that are down to the backup quarterback. Some guys on their third team quarterback. I'm not sure what it is. I, I'm, I'm not sure if these guys are training like they should be. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they're doing in the off season. Are they just throwing? You know, going through mechanics and stuff and you know, stuff like that. Are they physically training their bodies? Um, you know, because they can't get hit. You know, guys. You know, they 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 know they're protected in the pocket, and I don't know if they if they're if they're putting if they're putting that work in. You know, on their body. You know, on their bodies physically throughout the off season. Finally, Brandon, Chiefs Bills this weekend, probably the biggest game of the weekend outside of Eagles Cowboys. But this has been a weird season for the Chiefs and the Bills, a down season, kind of air quotes for both of these teams, more down for the Bills, of course, than KC. What do you make of this matchup and these two teams? Well, I'll tell you, out of both of these teams, you know, uh, Josh Allen has been very inconsistent this year for his turnover, you know, turnover the football. And I'm a fan of Josh Allen. I just know I've been watching the game. He, you know, he turned the ball over a good bit this year. I think he lead the league in turnovers, but he also lead the league in points scored as well. Um, you know, Pat, Patrick Mahomes on the other end has not been as explosive as he's normally been. He he also has been turning over the football, you know, at a rate where there's just not normal for him to do. Um, I'm not sure what he's missing over in Kansas City or what, you know, or what it is. Um, just the connection in between him and Kelsey hadn't quite been like it was, you know, let's say two, three weeks ago. It's just not playing the same. And, and you know, both teams playing good, you know, you know, pretty good defense. Uh, but, I, but I think that's what has been carrying Kansas City all along was their defense. Um, so that should be an interesting matchup coming up here with two quarterbacks, you know, kind of in the same situation. Um you know, with the Bills being, you know, super inconsistent, I'm not sure what what team ever going to get it. But you know, the matchup should most definitely be, you know, be interesting to watch. Brandon Jacobs, he won a couple Super Bowls in New York. That pales in comparison, of course, though, to his time here hosting primetime Sundays on uh, ESPN Radio. <laughs> Check him out. Awesome. I'm sure primetime host is like top of your resume, right? And then you know, below that, somewhere, two time Super Bowl champ. Yeah, this is Super Bowl. Just, just, just a little bit under there. So just you know, little, yeah. being you know, being host on prime time is is, is the greatest thing ever. I hear you. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. All right, thank you.
Primetime is a good show. It is a fun show to host. So is Amber and Ian, Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, the Cowboys have a huge matchup, division matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. They will need their head coach. Will their head coach be available, though, after having surgery today? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Dallas Cowboys have a big one. It's as big as it gets in the regular season this week uh, weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're going to need Mike McCarthy, I would imagine. His presence, probably important. The head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. However, a bit of a medical issue. Apparently, he had an appendectomy today, Courtney. I think I'm saying that properly. Appendicitis is what it sounds like. He was having pain in his abdomen. And, and so he went and had an appendectomy. Uh, Dan Quinn, this is why I wasn't a doctor. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys DC, at his press conference, he had addressed McCarthy's surgery. What's good about, um, you know, Mike and, and the system here, it's all laid out, you know, to about how we'd go and what we would do from, you know, yesterday, today, all the way through, you know, through the game, the meetings, the schedule. So uh, pretty easy on that one. You just, you know, take it and run with it. Do you think that tough Irishman is going to miss this game? That's a big hypothetical. We'll let all that come to that. We're, we're certainly anticipating Mike being back for the game. We'll handle it and hold it down for, uh, for practices. And uh, uh, knowing him, he'll be uh, online tonight wanting to, you know, go through the red zone and third down and everything else. So, um, yeah, we certainly expect him to be, uh, to be rocking, you know, by game day again. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Tonight. He had surgery today, but we're going to be breaking down a red zone tonight. Don't you worry. The anesthesia may not have worn off, and this man is already dialing into Microsoft Teams. I look this up like a good WebMD or does. Right. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that like all of my hypothetical things that I think I might have are, well, you're are validated. Yeah, I'm dying of all of them. Um, if you're looking says, at most WebMD. patients leave the hospital one to two days after surgery. This is an ambulatory surgery, unless there's complications. So same day. Go in, go home. The good news is that you'll be able to go back to all your normal activities within two to four weeks. Remember, Joe Burrow, who is an athlete, he's a quarterback, so he's out there moving around and doing quarterback things. He had the appendectomy last offseason and had to miss all of training camp. It took him until you know, week three or four of the regular season in 2022 to feel normal. I remember hearing him talk about that process. You lose weight. You have to worry about, you know, maintaining your conditioning, all of those things. Mike McCarthy, I understand he's a coach, but you're going to be back to the grind, which is a grind with a capital G tonight, the hours after having surgery. That's not healthy. We need to stop normalizing this meathead football coach behavior because it's the same category, and I know I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but it's the same category of the football men whose wives give birth and they're in and out of the hospital like, oh, good, say hello to my kid. Okay, I'm back. And I'm grinding the film. Like, come on. Some things are more important than football. I get this is a massive game with playoff implications, with NFC East implications on the line, considering Dallas lost to Philly the first time. But if you had to have an emergency appendectomy, first off, these things don't, they pop up. They come out of nowhere. It's not like, oh, I think I'm having an appendectomy. It's usually, wow, my appendix is not doing so well. I have appendicitis. Got to handle it right now. 
you need to take time for your body to heal, to recover, so you can go back and do your job to the best of your ability because you know what's going to happen. If they end up losing this game somehow and he's on the sideline, he's calling offensive plays, you know who's getting the blame for all of it. And that's not fair, or is it just, or is it smart when you have Dan Quinn who was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, a perfect de facto head coach for this week, in place, let him coach the game, rest, recover, get ready for the playoffs, get ready for, I believe they have Miami coming up here soon, on the road, Buffalo as well. Get ready for those games and rest up while you're at it. Dan Campbell would have reached inside his own abdomen and pulled out his appendix at the Lions facility and kept it moving. Okay, so that's what he would have done. Mike McCarthy having to actually go to the hospital to get surgery. That's soft, Courtney, in the world of of professional football coaches. Let's be honest about how these guys operate. So I guess kudos to McCarthy that he's taken a few hours away from the facility. (laughs) He's going to regroup tonight. I'm sure he'll be back at work tomorrow. You'll give yourself 24 hours, maybe uh, at least 12 to go ahead and get that thing out of you and get the stitches in and get back to the facility and get back to work. You heard me ask Brandon Jacobs about it when we were talking to him earlier. And if you missed anything here on Amber and Ian with Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But Brandon said it's not a big deal if McCarthy's not there this week. And I would imagine that that's true, right? Where the game plan's the game plan. They already, I'm imagining, have had the conversations, have been formulating this. He can probably do some of this remotely, even if he was laying in bed, of course, healing from that thing. But also his coordinator. So much of it's on his coordinators, his special teams, coaches, the players at this point in the season. Things are running, I would imagine, with or without his presence in the facility during the week. In terms of the game, it's interesting because it's such a big game. And I wonder if it changes, if it's not the Eagles this week, you know, if it's a much lesser matchup, does he bother to get out there to try to coach during it when he just had the surgery? The answer to that is probably yes, because they're all a little crazy (laughs) in that world. But I do think it's the added pressure of this divisional matchup when they're trying to take the division from Philadelphia. It's like unless your abdomen is still ripped open and hanging open and you can't physically be like, unless you're like missing a limb and it hasn't healed at all yet, then, then maybe you would miss the game. But otherwise you're out there. The worst precedent by coaching from that hospital bed when he had a life threatening staph infection that he had to go to the hospital to get treated. And then of course that viral photo of him coaching from a hospital bed adjacent to the, to the glass. It's just, if he can do that, I guess Mike McCarthy has no excuse. All jokes aside, you know, That game against Seattle on Thursday night football was a hard-fought win for Dallas. Their defense didn't play particularly well in the first three quarters. They obviously turned it up when they needed to in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, that design play to leave Micah Parsons off the edge, unblocked, helped them be able to seal the deal and not allow Seattle to come back. But that game for their sake, hopefully is a turning point, hopefully is their way of putting all of the doubt out there that they can only beat teams with losing records and that their record is inflated because of the opponents they've faced. This stretch of their schedule is critical for them to determine, 
Are you an actual playoff team? Dak's playing like an MVP candidate at this point of his se- of, at this point of his season. S- uh, last seven weeks, twenty one touchdowns, two interceptions. Like this is the best play of any quarterback right now, currently in the NFL. And on top of that, your team is grinding out games when they need to to get wins, the way that they did against Seattle. You now got to do it against Philadelphia. You got to do it on the road at Buffalo, at Miami. And that's just to set yourself up for to, to try to contend for the NFC East spot, which we know the Eagles, even though they lost the other day, they still have that big lead in the NFC East. But to maintain your status as a playoff team, as a wild card team, and to prove that you're going to be more than a divisional round exit, like they've got a lot of ground here to make up and to, to continue on with. And to have Mike McCarthy there, obviously you want him healthy, but you also want him to be at full strength in terms of his coaching capacity and not set himself back because he's coaching through complications that may or may not arise from an appendectomy. This is the game. This is the game that changes the entire narrative. This is the game that gets Stephen A. Smith to stop mocking the Dallas Cowboys right on first take. Like, this is the game that if the Cowboys were to go out there in Dallas at home and manhandle the Eagles like we saw the 49ers do, for example, then the entire narrative around the Cowboys would have to change and people would finally be buying in. Coming up next, nobody's buying in on the New York Jets. They're a mess. We'll get back into that. 